Welcome to another episode of Baffle Amplified. My name is Mackenzie Britton. I am the producer for the podcast and your temporary host while Pastor Joe is on vacation. On this episode, we are joined by the Reverend Bob Doe, who comes to us from his new church, The Table Seattle. Reverend Doe preaches to us from Psalm chapter 69, verses 7 through 18. Check it out now on Baffle Amplified. It is for your sake that I have borne reproach, that shame has covered my face. I've become a stranger to my kindred, an alien to my mother's children. It is zeal for your house that has consumed me. The insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. When I humbled my soul with fasting, they insulted me for doing so. When I made sackcloth my clothing, I became a byword to them. I am the subject of gossip for those who sit in the gate and the drunkards make songs about me. But as for me, my prayer is to you, O Lord. At an acceptable time, O God, in the abundance of your steadfast love, answer me. With your faithful help, rescue me from sinking in the mire. Let me be delivered from my enemies and from the deep waters. Do not let the flood sweep over me or the deep swallow me up or the pit close its mouth over me. Answer me, O Lord, for your steadfast love is good. According to your abundant mercy, turn to me. Do not hide your face from your servant, for I am in distress. Make haste to answer me. Draw near to me. Redeem me. Set me free because of my enemies. Holy words for God's people. I met Pastor Joe a few months ago, and he uh, invited me to come and speak. So um, I don't know what to think about that. So I was like, either I made a really good impression on him, or he was really desperate to find speakers (laughs) while he was on renewal leave. So I will leave that to you to decide uh, which it was, whether, you know, Pastor Joe's got good intuition, and he was just like, we should ask this guy. (laughs) Or, or he's just gone for a long time. <laughs> now, I also want to say I generally do not say yes to speaking engagements because I am shy on the pulpit. Um, I don't know what, what it is. Like, I think generally when I'm speaking, like, I'm okay speaking with my congregation or the church I'm at. But every time I go out and it's kind of brand new, new people, I get a little nervous. I don't know if it's a, a little bit of self-doubt creeps in or, or I just kind of don't trust the voice that I have, but I also realized I couldn't say no to Pastor Joe because part of my hope is that that this would be the start of a good friendship between our churches. Um, And, you know, he made it really easy. He said 15 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes. I'm good at short sermons. Um, So a little bit about myself. I was born in Vietnam on the tail end of the Vietnam War. And my family were refugee boat people. Um, This is a picture of my family. Uh, And we left Vietnam when I was two years old uh, on boat. Uh, That was me. Um, I've changed quite a bit. (laughs) We landed in Hong Kong, and we were in a refugee camp in Hong Kong for four years before we were sponsored by a church um, to go to Canada. We landed in Chilliwack, 
British Columbia in Canada. This is part of the Fraser Valley near Vancouver. I grew up in Canada and most of my family still lives there. We have grown quite a bit now um, to add another generation and a bunch of spouses. I moved down to Seattle when I was 20 to intern at a Chinese church in this area and I worked there for 20 plus years. Before Eunice, my wife and I felt called to embark on a new church planting journey. So we planted the Table Covenant Church last November. And I really want to say I would not have been able to do this if not for my wonderful family. So I want to introduce them. Uh, this is Eunice. Um, oh, okay, so I, I also want to say I, I want to, I just, I'm only two years older than Eunice. Um, when we met Kristen this morning, she's like, oh, are you here with your three kids? And I was like, I get it. My wife looks young. But uh, she and I are, are not that far off. There was no... <laughs> There was no cradle robbing. These are our children. Um, yeah, so I've been married to Eunice for almost 20 years. Uh, our anniversary is uh, uh, in August uh, coming up. Um, we have an older son. His name is Noah. He'll be going to college next year. And Naomi is our junior in high school. And she helps us to practice grace. <laughs> now... I share a little bit about my story to let you know where I'm coming from uh, and where I'm coming from as I speak. And this is the really neat thing about this whole faith and church thing, isn't it? Faith and theology isn't merely an academic exercise. It is embodied. It is incarnate. And it is incarnated through God's people of faith. So all the uniqueness that humanity bears reflects God's image. Amen? So my story is not the story, neither is yours, but we all add beautifully and differently to God's great story. So I want to encourage you, hold your story. I said at the beginning, I have a lot of doubts. I, I, I'm not always sure about my voice or what I have to say, but I want to say this is a challenge for me. And hopefully this is a challenge for you. Hold your story. Share it. It is good. It is beautiful because God is in it. As the church, we learn about God's goodness from one another through the sharing of stories. So today I will share from my place in God's story. Let us pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So I want to add, uh, lectionary preaching is relatively new to me. I did not grow up with the tradition of following the liturgical calendar. Now, I learned about the lectionary and seminary about 10 years ago, and I'm grateful for it now because I see it, it connects us to a rich and a deep heritage, like a Christian heritage that we all share. I, I love how it orders the Christian life into a certain rhythm, Advent, Lent, Easter, all that, all has a lot of action. So now we are in this time known as ordinary time, ordinary. If I were the Bible passages that were used in these readings, I would be a little bit insulted, ordinary. Now, of course, ordinary doesn't mean not special or mundane. It means numbered or ordered. 
This time is meant for the individual and the church to grow in discipleship and to live into the things that they've discerned during the other seasons. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where we start practicing. Now, when I read that understanding of ordinary, the passages from today's lectionary reading take on a lot more meaning. The readings for today had themes of hardship and persecution. We, we read the story of Hagar and Ishmael, and there was uh, themes of reproach. This was in the book of Jeremiah and the Psalms. And even in the darkest moments, it says, in the lowest place, God is intimately present. Wow. Amen? End of sermon, go in peace. God is good. Okay, I was told by Pastor Joe I can't go that short, right? So, um, but, but like I said, I am good at short sermons, so I won't go too long. As I was reading through the lectionary passage and preparing the sermon, I was drawn to Psalm 69 and to speak from there. So let me read the verse that I will focus on. Thank you, Kristen, for reading it earlier. Verse 13, but for me... My prayer is to you, O Lord, at an acceptable time, O God, in the abundance of your steadfast love, answer me with your faithful help. This is the word of the Lord. So when we were reading through that passage earlier, what did you notice? When I read it, I noticed there was a lot of complaints, right? A lot of complaints. I don't know about you, but it felt to me like the psalmist loved to complain. This prayer seemed a lot like a may I speak to the manager list of complaints. <laughs> now, I'm making jokes because I realize personally I have a difficult relationship with this idea of complaining. First, culturally and in my own family, I was taught to never complain, right? I just had to accept the given circumstances. I just had to bear with it. A lot of times when anything went wrong, I just had to kind of push it down and just be okay with it. Always present a certain face. Secondly, uh, the reason I think I have a hard time with complaints is Eunice and I have been on the receiving end of lots of complaints in our time as pastors. <laughs> Even if it's not directed at us, but rather complaints or criticisms or my favorite, oh, we just have some suggestions, right? <laughs> This kind of feedback is often draining and tiring. We, we come out of these sessions just like, oh, do we really want to do this? <laughs> so I think that's why I try to avoid this idea of complaining. So that's why when I read through this passage, it struck me. Why was this complaining passage, why was this complaining prayer included not only in the Bible, but in the lectionary, in, in this reading. Why, why is this part of our ordinary time preparation? It seems that God welcomes this type of prayer. Right? And I want to ask, really? <laughs> it's unbelievable, but it's true. Like a loving parent, God is ready to receive our complaints because oftentimes, complaints are a cover for what's really going on, on, really going on underneath, isn't it? Complaints are often a cover for the things that we fear. Or maybe complaints are the things that have hurt us. When I think about it in that light, 
I see that the psalmist is coming from a place of loneliness and mourning. The difficulty of laying all this out before God speaks to a trust in God that is actually commendable and should be imitated by the reader. Now, I've always found this full honesty before God difficult, like I said, because I grew up learning to hide my true feelings. That I always had to have all my stuff together. I wanted to use a different word. But I always have to have all my stuff together before God. Does anyone else feel that way too? This was especially poignant for me growing up right before partaking in communion or the Lord's Supper where I was told you cannot have any unconfessed sins or else the communion you take doesn't really count. So I sit there thinking, okay, have I confessed every sin? Is, is everything right? Is everything okay? Before I can finally come before God. If I don't do this, maybe God wouldn't accept me. If I'm not doing all the right things, maybe God wouldn't love me. So friends, this created in me a need to perform. It was all about the action with very little thought and very little authenticity. All this became different facades or rituals that I could hide behind. When I realized this, this complaining psalmist reads a little bit differently. This complaining psalmist models the complete opposite of this kind of fake faith that I was living. Rather, the psalmist was coming with genuine and honest conversation before God. The psalmist teaches us that God is not only ready to hear our prayer, but to bear with us, to bear the fears and the hurts and the hardships of our lives. Verse 13 stood out to me the most because I think this verse gives us the insight into the wisdom of the psalmist. This short verse has so much to say to us. It opens with, but for me. This was a declaration, but for me. My prayer is to you, O Lord. In the middle of all the complaints, in the middle of listing all the things that were wrong, all the things that was hurtful, all the things that were fearful was this declaration of trust and relationship. But for me, my prayer is to you, O Lord. In spite of all these terrible things happening around the psalmist, likewise, in spite of all the terrible things that are happening around me or happening around you, we can turn to God and direct our focus to God. There's a hopeful trust in the Lord, not a selfish expectation, a hopeful trust. And we see that in the next sentence. At an acceptable time, O God, in the abundance of your steadfast love, answer me with your faithful help. At an acceptable time. Now, how often in this time do we just want immediate results? Right? Immediate results. And like, we're like, oh, I prayed already. Why hasn't God answered me, right? We would just want it right away. But the psalmist teaches us to trust in God's timing. Why does the psalmist trust in God's timing? Because of 
the abundance of God's steadfast love. Trusting God's timing is undergirded in trust in God's faithfulness. And this is the heart of the passage for me, friends. This trust, this trust is that God is for us and not against us. That despite all the things that are going wrong in the world, God is for us. Now, trust is a hard thing, isn't it? And like, we're not always sure like, like, like when we can kind of trust people. And I've noticed this. This is maybe a, a generational thing. Now, I was taught growing up to answer the phone. Right? I don't know how many times I talk to people younger than me, and they look at the, their phone as like, like a, they're screening people, right? You, you just don't answer phones. Now, I wondered, like, why is it that you don't answer your phone? And um, in fact, there's like literally uh, like videos on the internet about this. Like people will go up to someone, they're like, hey, I'll give you this, this money or this prize or whatever if you can pick someone in your phone that will answer your phone when you call them, right? And then the, the young person will be like, oh, I don't know who I can call that would answer my phone, right? Um, and then if they're like, okay, I'm going to try this person, and if they answer, they're like, yeah, like they, they came through, right? Um, and I was wondering, why is that? And I think the, the reason for this is there's an anxiousness with phone calls because we don't know what to expect, right? So we would just sooner not answer, have them leave a voicemail, and then you can kind of process and know uh, how to, to respond maybe later, right? Now, there are some people that I will always answer, and I want to say I'm guilty of this as well, right? Like, I don't, I don't want to just be judgmental. Um, there are times where I look at the phone, I'm like, I am not ready for whatever this is. <laughs> and I just hang up, right? So, so right? <laughs> Young person. All right. Um, but there are some people that I will always answer the phone for, right? Uh, so I will always answer the phone for Eunice because, and my mom, right? Because I know that they love me. And I don't have to worry about what they'll say, right? This, to me, is what it looks like to have steadfast trust and love with somebody. That you're always kind of ready to respond. You just know they're going to be on your side. And this is the type of relationship that the psalmist has with God. That he knows that God will always be on his side or her side. Right? Um, and this was where the psalmist speaks. Answer me with your steadfast, um, answer me with your faithful help. The, the psalmist was able to state what they needed without um, without selfish expectation, and always, they were able to just say it with hope. They know that God will be the one that will respond. They know that will be the, God will be the one that will save and restore. So friends, this is my encouragement and reminder to you this morning. At the heart of all this is our faithful and loving God, who desires to be in relationship, genuine relationship, with each of us. I know that we are all carrying our various burdens, but please hear this. You don't have to perform anymore. You don't have to pre pretend anymore. You get to bring your true and authentic self 
before God. And you, have to be, you don't have to pretend you are someone that you are not. Because God has always been with us in our low places. God has always loved us. And friends, how we relate to God is how we are called to relate to one another as well. In the same way that we can come before God with no anxiousness, we need to be the safe spaces so that others who are carrying fears and burdens can come to us. They can come before us as safe places where they can be honest, where they can be real, where they can share the things that are hurting them. This is what it means for us to be the church, where we are a group of people who bring our brutal and honest prayer before God and trust in God in his perfect time and abundant love. Amen? Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for being Emmanuel, God with us. God, receive our words, receive our worries, receive our fears, restore and redeem us in your love. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.